This is Reaching the Finish Line. And I'm your host, Callan Diggs. Check out the website, www.reachingthefinishline.com. And pick up my free report. Save up to 75% what they don't want you to know. ReachingTheFinishLine.com And welcome. Today, I am delighted to have back on Matthew Lesko. Matthew is the two-time New York Times bestselling author of many of his uh, free money books to help people to be able to find funding, as well as he's been touted as the infomercial king. Uh, if you've been around long enough as I have, uh, uh, Matthew has dominated the infomercial space uh, wearing his question mark uh, suits as he has one on right now. Uh, very popular for that. As far as you check out on YouTube, he has a viral uh, parody video of the Soldier Boy Tell Him, which is still. Oh, you saw that! Wow! Which yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is still one of my favorite videos. So I'm happy to have um, you back on. Welcome, Matt. Well, thank you. Boy, and last time I talked to you, you were, <laughs> I think, in your garage. And now you're an international, you know, syndicated talk show host. Terrific yeah. for you. Yeah, and, and uh, it's, all about, it's all about progress. It's all about making ground. So, um, you know, Matthew, you are really one of the leading experts uh, when it comes to helping uh, entrepreneurs uh you know first you start off uh as an author you, you you written uh almost you've written almost a dozen books about uh taking advantage of government grants take advantage of uh, alternative funding uh again you're the expert on that so i, I definitely want to uh get into that uh you have a show on your youtube channel and where you have segments and where you interview uh these uh, various types of entrepreneurs and how they're seeing success as the as the as, as the world as the as society is changing, you know. Uh, so so let's start with that, Matt. Uh, let's let's talk about you know maybe maybe you could give a background premise on how it's easier than ever to be an entrepreneur and have well, a successful business. I bet. Yeah. I mean, I I believe that sincerely. And you know, I'm an old guy, 72 years old. So I was I was growing up in the 50s. You know, <laughs> and to start a business, man. You need it in today's dollars, like a half a million dollars if you want to have a store. You know, <laughs> you, know you gotta get uh, equipment, furnishing, and then floor plan financing to finance the stuff in the store, rent for three years, and all that kind of stuff. Man, now it takes 20 cents. And you have your own store, you know, and you have your own store in the biggest mall in America, you know, for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just phenomenal. And actually, what I think I, the motive for my work is that I see that most of us are a hell of a lot happier if we have more control of our life. And we feel that we have to have a job, you know, that we don't like because our parents did that, <laughs> and the grandparents did that, and all our friends are doing that. So we think that that is the norm, and that's how to live. It's like eating broccoli, you know? You have to eat it or something. And I yeah. Hate really? You hate broccoli? Yeah. I happen to love broccoli. I yeah. see. Well, see yeah. We're all different people. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, do you like Brussels sprouts? Oh, God, where? That jail food to me, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate Brussels sprouts, too. <laughs> Great. So, yeah, so yeah, man, in this economy, 
uh, it's really based on leverage. Uh, in the last episode, uh, we talked about Airbnb and how, oh, yeah. and how and how you stated that basically uh, they 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 make more money than most of the hotels nowadays. Right. Uh, and basically, they have no real estate; they just simply leverage other people' real mm-hmm. estate. So really, we live in an economy of leverage. So it's not so much about, as you stated before, you have to have all this capital or you have to have uh, you have to have all of these uh, different resources. It's just about being being strategic and thinking a bit more creatively outside the box um, to be able to uh, achieve the, the, the desired result as you wish. No, absolutely. And that's, I think the only thing that stops any of us from doing anything is us. You know, I mean, we, we're just not investing. All, all the help is out there uh, to do anything. The problem is with us. We think there's something wrong with us or we're not born right. We're not whatever. I mean, I have a 50 reasons I could blame other people when I'm not succeeding, yeah? And that's easy to do, and it's easy to feel sorry for yourself. And then the other thing that, that, that deters us, I think, is Google. See, Google, I think, is probably the biggest obstacle for you, <laughs> for you to do anything in life. Because if you do Google, you know, what you're finding is people who want to sell you something to help you do what you want to do. That's what it's all geared around, <laughs> somebody who has something, because they're going to make money off of you. But if you want to start a business and you start Googling for help, you're going to get all the people who can get money from you to start a business. When, if you could know the system well enough to dig behind all that stuff and find the things directly, then you, it costs nothing. You know, and, and what's important about that is that none of us know what works. I mean, I'm really, I mean, I'm sure when you started this a year or two ago, whatever, you said, oh, I'll go do this and I'll be an instant gazillionaire by next Thursday, you know. We all have that feeling, you know. And shit, it doesn't happen that way, you know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And uh, yeah, so it it starts with having realistic expectations. Um, As you said before, you know, sometimes Google could be a detriment because, you know, you know, people type in what they're interested in and they see all these search results and they learn about this and learn about that. And and they read and they read about and they read all these different web pages. But essentially, they're creating information overload. So now they have so much information that it kind of paralyzes them to be right. able to take action on the information uh, that they're reading. You know, I, you know, for me, I, I keep things very simplified. You know, for example, like uh, personally, I read one book at a time. You know, I, I'm not a person. I'm not a person who really, you know, you know, has a bunch of books. Try read this book. This you probably book. only have one wife too, right? Uh, I'm not married yet, but oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, one day, man. But um, but I read one book at a time, and one and a, and a book that I'm reading. I study it intently. Uh-huh. I treat that book as if it's a college course, you know, because I really want to be able to grasp the concepts of the book. You know, a lot of people, they just read books and, you know, they, they finish it, they put it to the side, and they read the next book. But really, you know, I'm a person, uh, I, I, I take books as opportunity to be a student. And I think that really helps. It's, you know, we all do web searches right. on Google, but I, I don't make that my prime my primary objective because as you stated uh, I think that can be a distraction as that causes information overload uh, the, the last time we talked Matt it was uh, March it was it was March of last year uh-huh. uh, we, 
discussed we we discussed a lot in that episode. I definitely advise listeners to check out episode one. Uh, that's when I interviewed uh, Matt. Uh, episode the- one? You mean I was the first one? You was. He was the first. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> He was, he was, and and still today, uh, <laughs> up to up to uh, forty-one episodes now. Still today, wow, good for you. Are, you, are, you are one of the most favorite episodes that listen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I I told you before. You know, I, I know you're a humble guy, but I I, I think you're awesome. <laughs> oh, we're all struggling, man. You know, and that's the fun of life to struggle. That's why, to me, what the stupid things that we grow up with or enforced on us from the media or our friends and family is that we want life easy, which is just the dumbest thing in the world, man. I, I, you want an easy life, then you might as well leave it, you know, and commit suicide. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. Again, it goes, it goes back to having realistic expectations. So from the last interview, Matt, let's talk about some, some of the discoveries and some of the successes and some of the things you have been seeing in the entrepreneurial space that has, that has, that has excited you and has been really revolutionary now. Well, I mean, God, ten years. I mean, ten months ago, you know, I'm excited about a whole new set of things already. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because the world changes, and and what I really see, one of my biggest issues too, is not only Google but experts. Experts tell you, we we're all looking for experts to get advice on what the heck to do, and 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 they don't know. I mean, you, I, I, I don't know. You're talking to me, expert. I don't know what the hell to do. I'm guessing every day of my life. I have no idea. I'm taking the best knowledge I can. I try it, and I usually fail my nine, nine out of ten times. And and actually, I'm reading a book now. But there's this uh, uh, PhD researcher in Harvard did a study on all the re- findings that are reported in the best scientific journals in the world. Two thirds of them turn out to be wrong. Yeah. Two thirds. So these are the best experts in the world studying science, and that's wrong two thirds of the time. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because studies are never complete. There's always going to be some uh, right. measure of error found in any studies. And studies sometimes, you know, we don't know the intent of the researcher. You know, so some people are, try to be objective, other people try to be uh, biased, you know, to, 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 uh, create, right. to create a certain result. So, yeah, I'm not surprised, you know, how out there are wrong because, you know, it, it's just like someone saying that, oh, well, well, that idea is not possible. You can't do it. You know, yeah. Now, that person may have, who knows, you know, 10 years of experience. But at the same time, if they're not constantly, uh, if they're not constantly staying up to date and being relevant and adjusting right. to the trends, then they don't know what's possible. So, well, not only that, but they're not your customer then. Screw yeah. Them. Yeah, sure, sure. And uh, what really makes things happen is a person's tenacity. And that's what really uh, helps people to be able to reach the finish line. What has been some some interesting entrepreneurs that you have seen in the last year? Like some business models that's really wild. Well, I mean, here's where the customer. A couple of young guys uh, in in uh, uh, Columbus, Ohio. I thought this was genius. They wanted to start a restaurant. Okay, two guys just out of school, no money, nothing. Okay, wanted to start a restaurant. Okay. Uh, again, a restaurant, that's, you know, half a million, million bucks. I mean, that's like old time real estate, you know, all that kind of, they don't have that kind of money. What they did is they found a bar, you know, that doesn't have much, they're not food, you know, kind of things. And they don't do a whole lot of work at, at noon. So they, they made a deal with the bartender said, hey, 
let us use your kitchen. We're going to run our restaurant from your bar just at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and you can have all the liquor. <laughs> <laughs> Give us the food money. You take the liquor money, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so they got a plate. So it cost them really nothing. And they have the restaurant. They see where and then they use that bar at lunchtime as a crowdfunding opportunity, too. <laughs> That's how they were crowdfunding for that week or month in the bar, so people would come in to the restaurant for lunch, love the stuff, not only contribute to the bar, they would, <laughs> they would, uh, uh, you know, contribute to their crowdfunding campaign because this is great. I want this kind of restaurant in Columbus, you know. So that's what it's to me. That's what entrepreneuring is. How do you do things that are non-traditional? Sure, see, we all get. Experts tell you about what works traditionally, and and you're starting out. You want to do something, and traditionally is for people with a lot of money. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it's, it's it goes back to the point that that we stress is nothing more than leverage. You know. So for example, right. uh, uh, the bars, the bar obviously have hours that they're closed, and those entrepreneurs on the way. Well, hey, since you're not using the bar during certain hours, you know, you know, you know. You know Perhaps we can pay you some rent, and we can leverage that, and, and, uh, and be able to have our own restaurant operation. And hey, you know, if, if you're friends with a bar owner, they may even let you do it for free. So uh, it goes back to leverage. Leverage is, is the key uh, in today's economy. It's not so much about capital. I mean, again, there are certain business models where you may need well, capital, yeah, but the majority of them, if you just Absolutely. have leverage, that's going to take you a long way. And I think capital. If you have money, that's bad, because the more money you have, you'll think that you could buy anything and it'll happen, and then it won't. And then you're out of money, or if it does, or that, you think money causes everything, and it doesn't. I mean, you have to have, you have, can you? That's why I think the best time to start a business is in bad times, because if you could last in bad times, then you're going to really make gravy in good times. If you jump in when the good times are, and you think that's what life is, you know, eh, you know, it isn't. Life is I just want to take a moment to tell you about DreamHost. DreamHost.com is the award-winning web hosting service rated by PC Magazine. With their current rates and positive reviews, I couldn't think of a better company to recommend. You can get $10 off a one-year hosting plan or $25 off a two-year hosting plan. We use the promo code Callen, K-A-L-L-E-N, DreamHost.com, PCs Magazine, best web hosting service. That's a good point, Matt. And uh, it's something I do want to stress. You know, I mean, a lot of people, you know, they talk about their passions and uh, they're, you know, uh, I totally understand uh, where they're coming from. But at the same time, when creating a product or when creating a service, I try to advise people to keep in mind whether your idea is recession-proof or not. Because sometimes uh, there's trends in where, for example, uh, uh, the the Great Recession that happened in uh, 2008, 2009, uh, there were a lot of businesses that that uh, that that they had to close shop because their product or their service was essential at that time. People were trying to pay their bills. People were trying to uh, take care of their kids. Uh, you know, for, uh, art gallery wasn't typically appealing to someone who had who barely had enough money to take care of the kids. So, so uh, I tried to advise people uh, to. To, to create a product or service that's recession proof. So, for example, like yourself, Matt, uh, 
you wrote many uh, excellent books uh, as far as reference guides about how people can obtain funding. And when you look at that, that that's particular niche as an author, Matt. You know, for some people, you know, when economy is up, well, your books are still going to sell well. When economy is down, your books are still going to sell well because people are looking for answers and you are the perfect answer for them because essentially whether the economy is up or down they want to make more money and your books that serves as reference guides give them that information what do you think about the importance of that uh, as far as kind of having a recession proof uh, business do you think it's really important or do you think that someone uh, could get depends on the person I mean I, I don't I mean I, I wouldn't no one knows what the future is I mean look if you caught me 15 years ago Nobody buys reference books. My, I, I am out of business in traditional publishing marketing books. I have to figure out, sure, people still need information, but not the way I figured out how to sell them. That doesn't work anymore. And so to me, is the way you compensate for that or protect is resiliency. That's the key to everything, is being resilient. So if you're so fragile that, you know, like a relationship, you know, one, you know, they, they squeeze the toothpaste in the middle, you know, and you hate it and you're going to break up from that. Man, you know, life is problems, you know. And so if it's a recession, see, to me, a recession or anything bad makes you figure out how to do it differently and better. That's why, to me, I would plan not for recession proof. I would plan something more meaningful to you so no matter what the hell happens you're gonna figure it out like now I mean I believe in my stuff so much sure I I don't make a penny out of bookstores anymore but I, I, I'll be here until I die trying to figure out how to get it to people no matter what the hell the, the new world is that the world is so changed we don't know what a res next recession is <laughs> I mean it is so up in the air uh, and the only way to protect yourself against that is spending as little money as possible to do anything. So your flexibility, right now, you build a product, you, know, you don't have a big building and a thousand employees, you have a website and freelancers on the internet. You know? yeah. So things get bad. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an interesting take. Um... Uh, Matthew, I like I like the way how you uh, uh, detailed that. Um, however, you know you say that uh, you're out of business because reference uh, guys, you know, don't make no money anymore. My book, Reaching the Finish Line, I'm not sure. I think I told you about that the last time we talked. Uh, it's been very successful. Uh, it's been an international bestseller in five countries. But essentially, that book is probably no more than another uh, reference guide. I mean, uh, basically, basically why. Uh, basically, uh, uh, talking the book is how people can reach the finish line in careers. People who without a high school diploma, without a college degree, right. uh, people who want to change their careers but don't want to go back to school. Uh, it's probably not as rigid. It probably, it probably doesn't have the rigid structure as your books have. But uh, when it comes to the style, uh, it's still essentially a, a reference book. A reference oh yeah, book. no, I mean information is information. Yeah, it's, sure. it's a reference. It's not that if the way it's purchased. I mean, are you in Barnes and Noble? Yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, how many are you selling Barnes and Noble versus other places? Yeah. Um, I don't have the exact statistics uh, on Barnes and Nobles. I, I've been a bestseller yeah, right. in five in five different countries. So I, 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 I've sold thousands of books. So uh, I'm definitely uh, happy with that. But um, a person like you, Matt, you will be. If, let's say you put out another reference book. 
I think it will go back on the New York Times again because, I mean, you already have a platform. You already have a brand. You already have likability. People like you. So I, I got some ex-wives. I have some other ideas. About that. <laughs> and, and you're someone who's already seasoned. So uh, you know, I don't think it will be hard for you to be able to write uh, another one and to, and to sell um, uh, pretty well as you did in the past. I, I I don't believe. But would sell pretty well. I mean, sell, selling millions, I've sold. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it is. It's all relative, you know. And and but see, to me, what's not interesting. I mean, is the you know industries that are shrinking. You know, I mean that to me is sort of like fighting for crumbs. Uh, I'm more interested in things that are growing. You know, for the future to learn something for my future, right. not to, to fight for something that uh, uh, the last part of it. <laughs> I see. So, so yeah. will we ever see another book authored by Matthew Lesko? Well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, now what I'm doing is video ebooks. Uh-huh. See, now I got a dozen video ebooks, yeah, and you can download them right now. Yeah, you know? so it, it is, you know, reading phone numbers. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> so to me, you get the ebook. You know, uh, you get a, a chapter of me talking for a while, yeah. and then a chapter of something else, and all the sources are right there. You click on them, and where to go, and things like that. So that's when the t- technology makes it uh, so different. And then, but but how people buy it is the other thing. I mean, why well, Barnes and Noble is the last bookstore? I mean, most bookstores are going out of business. You know. Uh, newspapers are going out of business. You know, people pay for that. So how people buy information is really. We had three broadcasting systems and cable, and now everybody watches Netflix. And screw the cable company. Yeah. You know? And so it, it, it is so different. So all that new stuff is growing, and that's fun because I, I want to be here 20, 30 more years. You know, so I don't want to be <laughs> learning. <laughs> Trying to make work what I learned yesterday. Yeah. I knew that. <laughs> Don't think of like they used to. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And, and you're right, Matt. Um, and I'm quite sure eventually uh, Barnes Nobles are is going to be making its way out. Uh, last, uh, I think the, I think it was 2014. They reported that uh, their sales has been uh, barely profitable. It has been very high. You know, a lot of people just use Barnes Nobles now just to go buy a coffee, read a book in the store instead of buying the exactly. Those days are yeah. over. And, and and it's the same. <laughs> Look at Walmart is closing stores. Yeah. You know? uh, and, and so, I mean, that's what, you know, my generation, I want to get in Walmart, these big distributors. Now it's niche. I mean, you, you, you don't want to try to get a book in Walmart. That's a shrinking business. And there's only so many places you can get. Yeah. Like, you know, but now, I mean, look at people like Esty. You know, that's where you could start a business for 25 cents. You know, what is and, it called, Matt? E-T-S-Y. Okay. Oh, okay. And, and Amazon has something, Amazon Homemade. See, now all you need is 100 customers. Mm-hmm. And that's it. See, I used to go out and try to get millions, you know, because that was the way the distribution system was going up. Now nobody goes to the mall. I could go to Amazon, buy something, have it here tomorrow. I don't know, screw around the mall. And ha- have 
things that uh, the mall is not big enough to carry the stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and that's and that's another uh, key that we talked about. The first key we talked about leverage. Second key, as you just described, is convenience. And uh, customers, uh -huh. that's what they want. They want convenience, and it's and it's uh, best that the entrepreneur right. be able to give that to them. And as you say, Amazon, Homemade, Etsy, uh, eBay. Uh, you have you have a lot of these uh, uh, different uh, you know seller platforms that people can be able uh, to utilize. Uh, it's very interesting because uh, you know now when you look at it, because like there's so many. I, I tell people there's so many ways a person could be an entrepreneur. You have the people that have personalities, like people like yourself, or people, musicians, or authors, or filmmakers. Uh, typically, they have one product that they try to utilize as their business. You know, whether it's a book, whether it's a film, whether it's an album, uh, or maybe you know, whether it's a TV show. And then you have, uh, then you have like traditional, uh, just. Um, uh, sales and when you have like talk before Amazon, uh, Etsy, uh, things like that, uh, then it goes much bigger on a startup scale and where you're actually trying to create a product, uh, trying to create a service. So there are so many ways to yeah. enter oh, the entrepreneur market. Well, I mean, since we last locked, last spoke, I think I, I did a TEDx talk, and if you go on to uh, uh, YouTube and put "Let's Go TEDx," you see that. And I talked to 17-year-olds on that talk. You know, and it was trying to show people because what I really believe in now is fun. Fun is the key to everything, because if you're having fun, then you'll try hard enough. If you're having fun, you're not going to wait for retirement, you know, to have a good life. If you're having fun, you're not going to wait for the payoff. I'm starting a business and going to make money in five years, so I'm going to do everything I can to wait for those five years. If you're having fun today, you already win. Yeah, you don't have to wait for anything. Yeah. <laughs> so it works, and most things don't work anyway. So who the hell cares? You know, you wake up and start something else that you have fun yeah. with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And um, and I th I, th I think one another key that we can talk about is uh, the importance of mentorship. So for me, as an author, I've always wanted to write a book. You know, I, I procrastinated, you know, for a while, but eventually, you know, I, I did write the book. And and you were definitely uh -huh. one of the inspirations that inspired me to write the book. You know, you know, so uh, you know, like yourself, uh, Jack Canfield, uh, you know, uh, Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, there's other few guys in the space who I really looked up to as authors you know I, I think mentorship does play a part you know for me you know I, I kind of have two types of mentors and I'd be happy to get your take on this uh, you know the first mentor I, I, I call is virtual mentors these are people I naturally can't get a hold of but at the same time you know I, I really as I said before earlier I study their books I just, I just don't read their books I study their books yeah. so I can really grasp the concepts. And then also the other, the other type of mentors I, I have is uh, physical mentors, people I can actually build a tangible relationship with and I can actually mm -hmm. grow by taking in their wisdom. What do you think about mentorship, Matthew? Uh, I don't know, whatever you need. I mean, you do what the hell you got to do to figure out how to get through, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's the objective. If you need a mentor, fine. If you don't, I, I, I mean, I, I find inspiration to look for opportunities and how I could take what I have. To me, a bigger problem in life is we get so much shit from the outside put on us that we don't dig enough from the inside. So it, it, it's a chicken and egg thing. And, and I think because school does that, everyone tells you what's to do, 
mentors do that this is an expert advice on what to do you know media does that this is what you should do and they're all fucking you know nobody yeah. really knows so that's why you know to have a successful life i think you really have to dig inside because you're going to be guessing anyway right. yeah. you know and, and most of the stuff you do is going to work so but if you dig inside then you'll get more out of that no matter what happens yeah I- I absolutely agree, man. I do think uh, personal development is is, is very uh, pertinent. Uh, but what would you say, Matt? Like, for example, like, uh, you know, do you think it'll be like, okay, do you think that there's a difference from an entrepreneur who has a mentor who has been successful and then an entrepreneur who has no mentor? Do you think there's a difference in a person's potential or a person's likelihood to be successful? You and I can't say. Who the hell knows? I mean, nobody, I could go, I mean, I do research for a living. I can find you five guys and put them on my infomercial that did it without a mentor. I could find you five guys that did it with a mentor. Right. It, 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 that's why we're all so different. Right. It's like everybody loves tall, dark girls with you know, black right. hair. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, to, to me, that's why digging inside is more important. You have to find out what works for you. This is why medicine doesn't work for everybody, and nothing doesn't work for everybody. You know, it may or may not work. You know, and that's why the things that have a better chance of working is what's good for you, not what worked for somebody else, not yeah, <laughs> what somebody else tells you works right. for you. They don't know. They're not living your life. They don't know what to do. You're looking at me as a mentor and everything. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing today. You know, I mean, what really works? I'm working like hell out of it and having fun as hell, but I have no idea. <laughs> and that what works? I mean, if I knew it, then it'd be boring as hell. You know, I'd have to, like playing basketball with a five-year-old. Oh, I just, just, just you know, one. <laughs> I see, I see. Uh, but, and that's stupid right. life. Uh, yeah. It's a very refreshing perspective, uh, Matt, and it's typically uh, uh, advice you don't hear uh, from a lot of people. But, but again, for- you know why you don't hear why? from it? Because anybody? Because you get paid a lot of money in this country. If I could convince you, I know the right. answer. No, it's true. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. So-, so I can't charge a lot. You say. I don't know. I'm guessing. That's very true. Yeah, like I said, and that's why I've always admired you, Matt, because you're so raw, uh, you're so uncut, and you just speak from the heart. I I definitely Uh, appreciate that. As we come to a close, Matt, uh, what would be some resources that you could recommend uh, aspiring or current entrepreneurs to help them move forward? Your library. When was the last time you've been in the library? Uh, well, for me, uh, wow. I, well, I guess. See, you, buddy. <laughs> I mean, we have overlooked though. These people know all this stuff. They know how bad Google uh-huh. is. You know, they know. They'll even help you. Like I'm raising money on eBay now, selling my X question mark suits, and I'm giving them money to local libraries to help people set up their own business in the library. You can go to libraries now. The, the, these librarians will set the one-on-one and show you how to start up a business on SD or or, 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 or anything wow. like that. You know? See, you're going to Google stuff like this, you're going to get some huckster going to charge you a whole lot of money to right. do that. You know? and, and, or, or you know, you're, you're looking for help with your credit cards or something like that. You, know, you Google, you're going to get 50 million websites of people want money from you. The library will show you nonprofit organizations in your area that will do that for right. free. You know? So that's what we're we're missing out, and th- these people are very technology oriented. Right. 
but you know we lose sight of it because whatever you could call them you could go online with them and whatever so as as a, a place there's that and the other thing is 211 211 is a number you could call anywhere in the country to get free help like i, I just did a video on shoveling your snow okay you get your snow shovel for free Wow. Yeah, by calling 211, right? I got two and a half feet of snow. Where are you, in California uh, or somewhere? Austin, Texas. Austin, okay, well, just I mean, it's heat. You're not going to see snow. Two and a half feet of snow, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you don't have a lot of money or whatever. What are you going to do? Well, 211 will show you a nonprofit or somebody to shovel that for you for free. Right. Yeah. Right. Knows that. You want to start a business, call 211. They'll show you nonprofit organizations that are around the country or whatever that get grants to help you start your business for free. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think those, as you stated, Matt, those are two good places to start. 211, as well as your local uh, library. Uh, Matt, um, you know, uh, you know your, your final words and how people can follow you. Uh, wow. I got something called grantsandcrowdfunding.com. Uh, and, and the best source, I think, is my uh, YouTube channel, you know, YouTube slash Matthew Lesko 70. Uh, and there, I do a video a day. See, right here, I'm in my kitchen table. I'm going to do one after we close. And I'm going to do one how to get free diapers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah I, I, uh, a lot of the things that you um, talk about in your videos, while it may be simplistic, you know, really, someone can really utilize it. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, the, the, not you yet. Not, not, <laughs> no, not me. But uh, <laughs> when we look at the, uh, the U.S., uh, the, the new work week is no longer 40 hours. Uh, the majority of Americans are working 47 hours per week. And then uh, exactly. almost half of Americans make less than $29,000 a year. So, so like, the, the, the things you talk about, like free diapers or, or let's say, free child care or stuff like that, like, some of them say, oh, I can afford that. But, no, like, what you're saying really can help a huge demographic. Tens of millions of people yeah. you know, need that For stuff, sure. No, and that's the thing about it is, you know, we, we bounce ideas off our friends and relatives and things like that. See, it's, they don't know. They don't buy yeah. that stuff. You know, if you have something in your heart to sell, don't, that's what's great about crowdfunding. You could find a bigger audience to see if it really sells because you don't, you know, you don't need 100 people, 1,000 people, whatever. And, 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 you know, like you watch, you know, uh, NBC or CNBC or Fox or anything. I mean, if a couple million people watch that, that's a For lot. Sure. And that's a lot. 300 million people. For sure. So. <laughs> For sure. I agree, Matt. Every, every time I speak to you, it's never a disappointment. Matt, thanks for being our guest. <laughs> I'll send you that check in the morning. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Just another great episode by Callan Diggs, best-selling author and career strategist as seen at Fast Company and Inc. Magazine. If you're not on an email list, you're missing out. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and subscribe to get all the exclusives.